The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Welcome to Overland Park Community Church. Good to have you here this morning. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to get them out. We'll be looking at several passages of Scripture in both the Old and New Testament. You can follow along in version. If you prefer to do that, if you have that app on your phone, you can do a search for Overland Park Community Church and find us uh, there as well. Here's something I'm, like, I've been thinking about as we get into this, this series called Tribalism is why, why do we like to camp? Like, like we have all of these great um, modernizations available to us. We, we have nice homes, um, you know, any, anything that you, you know, to think of how people used to live when it was a primitive society. Now that it's a modern society, yet we still have this, this desire in us to go, and, and some of us do, to go camp, you know? Uh, it's this huge industry. There's a store called Camping World, and you can just buy all kinds of things. We, we before we moved up here, and even as we moved up here, we still had an, an RV. We loved to camp. We would go to the lake, and, and I was raised going um, camping, and it was just a big part of of who we were as a family, and so early on in our lives, in our kids' lives, we went, we went to the lake a lot and went camping, and it's just a fun experience, and why is it that we, we, we want to do that? We want to go back and live in a primitive way, uh, the way that, uh, you know, people used to live that was normal. That's the way people um, lived all the time. It's just what people did in different tribal uh, tribes that we see throughout history, culturally, um, this is just a way people lived. And I think that part of that is that there are thousands of voices shouting at us each day. Like, they're just everywhere. It, it, you're inundated with it. Um, you, it's fascinating to me to watch people on Facebook, different friends that I have on Facebook, how they'll, they'll go in and out. They'll like be all over Facebook, and then they'll suddenly say, I've had it. You won't see me on Facebook any longer. And they hate Facebook and think it's stupid. And, they're like, and then six months later, maybe even two months later, they're back and they're posting everything again. And then it's not very long and they disappear again. So what's going on there? I think, I think part of it is just it's hard to filter all the stuff that's coming at us, all the ads, all the um, different opinions that we see, and all, just we're just inundated with information. We turn on the television, there's commercials. We drive down the road, everywhere we go, we pick up our menus at the restaurant, and generally there's some kind of advertisement in there as well, and so it's just constantly coming at us as we open up our email, and just over and over and over again, and what we're hearing is we're hearing people tell us what we need and how we should live. It, it is so powerful that one can go off and be trained professionally in a career as a marketer. Learn how to be effective at capturing the attention of a group of people and influencing them to buy a particular product. And so it's so effective, it's so, part, so much part of who we are as human beings that there's an entire field that is set up to train people how to effectively help others build a brand or a business in order to uh, capture an audience. And so it's difficult in the midst of the noise to make good choices, just to make good choices for who we are as individuals and for our families. But I think we should be encouraged because God knows how we're wired and he is 
He has designed us in a particular way, and I think that one of the reasons that people enjoy going camping is it helps us to kind of unplug from all of that, is hopefully we can get to a place that is remote enough that, that we're not we're not being inundated with all of that information. And so we, we like to get away and escape from those things. And I think that goes, goes all the way back to that God has ordained the tribe to help us follow him. Like tribes are really important to God. We read the word and as we look in the Old Testament, we'll see that there's a whole lot to be taught about um, tribes and tribal living. And so God has ordained the tribe to help us follow him. Now, what is tribalism? Well, tribalism just simply means strong and group loyalty. And so when we think in terms of this series and getting it off of the ground, we're, we're thinking of just being about strong and our group loyalty to who the Lord is and belonging to a tribe and, and caring for a tribe and seeing ourselves as being a part of a tribe. And so when we, when we think in terms of this metaphor and think in terms of all of this stuff like inundating our minds, trying to compete for our attention, when, and, and, and working it into this metaphor of, of camping, here's, here's the first takeaway I want to share with you today. Where we set up camp is critical. Like, like when you go camping and you're, you're going to find out a place where, where you're going to camp, that's a, that's a really important piece of information of knowing where you're going to camp. And when it comes to your spiritual life, where you set up camp is critical. And we're all camping somewhere. Like every one of you has set up camp around a particular thing. And so it's critical for us to be tribal people that learn how to please the Lord and, and are having God move in our lives and developing us into the people that he wants us to be. It's critical for us to understand that we have to be conscious of where we're going to set up camp. Because the problem is the world is challenging us to camp out in places that teach us nothing about following Jesus. And so I, I, like I look around and, and, and men... Moving here has been a different experience for me because living in a subdivision now, and things are are so convenient here. There's, the, you know, the grocery stores and and hardware stores and entertainment and everything is just is so readily and easily available to me. And, and then there are just just thousands of people around me, and so I'm interacting and seeing people all the time through experiences with my kids and. And just, just living in a, a place, a culture, a community that has so many people. 4,000 people per square mile where, where our church is right now. That's a lot of people. Yet as I interact with all of these people, and a lot of them who believe in, or at least say they believe in the Lord, believe in, in God, it seems to me that it looks or it appears by the way people are camping, if you will, and what they're camping around, they're camping around things that really teach them nothing about following Jesus. And so what, what we want to do is we want to be the kind of people, and, and I know that we are. Like I, I look at this, the, the people around me and my friends and people that I, I interact with. They're, they're good people. Like We're not talking about people who are irresponsible. We're talking about people who are really good, fine people, people who are doing um, in their minds, what they think is best for their kids, what they think is best for their families, what they think is best for them uh, themselves even. And so we're not looking at people who are going, man, these are, these are deadbeat people who are irresponsible. No, we're just looking at people in general and going, okay, let's look at the world and see how everyone is living, see what they say they believe, 
And then let's, let's just kind of measure their lives. And not in a way that we're judgmental or, or condemning, but just in a way and going, man, this is really important. How are people measuring up in this? And are there things that we're missing? And so if you're here today, like the, the talk, uh, as I share with you from the word, I, I hope that that it challenges you. I hope that it challenges you to think about where you're camping. And if you are camping in the right place, I hope it encourages you that you're doing the right thing to continue pressing forward, to continue staying focused on how your camp is set up. Because we all want what is best for our families. We want them to have the best opportunities. Um, We want them to have the best experiences that they can in in sports. We want to make sure that they get the best education. We are concerned about their intellectual development, um, their their social development, their emotional development, their physical development. We we focus on all of these things. But as we measure and if we just put it all in a a pie chart and we said, okay, here's, here's what I'm focused on in my own personal development and even in my family's um, uh, development, and, and we started slicing it out, I think we would see that it's pretty even on physical, emotional, intellectual. But when it comes to spiritual, I'm not so sure that we're focusing enough attention on that. And so when we think in terms of tribalism, and we want our, our, our families to excel in these different areas, and, and, and that is a good thing, the danger is we place much emphasis on things that matter little and little emphasis on things that matter much. Like 100 years from now, 100 years from now, it's not going to make any difference whatsoever what kind of athlete your children are. 100 years from now, it is not going to make any difference whatsoever what they scored on the ACT. Like It's just not going to matter. A hundred years from now, the only thing that is going to matter, because most likely you are going to be dead and they are going to be dead, okay? So a hundred years from now, the only thing that matters is the spiritual development of their souls. That's it. Like, like, but yet we look at how we live life and we go, man, if that is the most important thing, And for all eternity, we look out there, and this is what the Word teaches us, is that we are going to live eternally either with God or separated from Him. Like, we can't get away from that. That is is all over the Bible, is that the whole gospel message is God building a bridge so that we could have a relationship with Him, and He did this through the cross of Calvary so that we could be in right relationship with Him so that we never have to be separated from Him, yet if we don't have that relationship, we will forever be separated from Him, eternally to exist. No one is annihilated. Like if, if we're followers of Jesus, we don't believe in this idea of annihilation, that people just cease to exist. Every person who has ever come into existence will exist eternally. So when it comes to our families and being the kind of tribal people that are pleasing God, it is important for us to think about where we're setting up camp. And, and I think it's, it's good for us just to take a moment, all of us today, to think about where have I set up camp in my family? Where, where am I camping at as a follower of Jesus? And I look at my life and I analyze my life and I start slicing up these different areas of development for my family and a pie chart. Like, where is this spiritual development? Is it getting the attention that it deserves? 
And, and so the, the first takeaway is where I set up camp is critical. And the second one is the Lord wants you to camp close to him. Now, when we would camp, and you like, I don't know where we evolved in camping. We had a, a 36-foot RV with a microwave, a TV, and everything in it, okay? So I'm not sure how much really camping that was, but it was different, right? One of the challenges with camping with a camper like that is making sure you have a spot to pull that thing in. Because if you can't hook it up to the power, like, it's frustrating. And if you get in at dark and you have to park that thing and, and you're looking for a camping spot and you don't know if there's going to be one there, man, it can be an extremely frustrating experience. And so when somebody that you camp with goes ahead of you and they say, man, I'll save you a spot, that is golden. Because you know when you get there, they're going to meet you. Their car is going to be parked in your spot. They're going to help you back in. Everything is a whole lot less stressful when you know that someone is going to save you a spot. And so when we think in terms of the Lord, the Lord wants us to camp close to him. Now, I want us to look at Numbers chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And we find this very interesting passage of Scripture in the book of Numbers. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, the Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting, some distance from it, each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family. And so we, we think in terms of the nation of Israel, and so even today they're on the news. We watch the, the, the national news this week. You're going to see something that's going to be said about Israel. So we think in terms of this nation that exists. But this nation that exists started from a family, and the family was Uh, The original problems came to Abraham, and then later there were tribes that came to this one family. And so Jacob has these 12 sons that are all um, taken because of uh, a series of events that happened historically. They moved to Egypt because there's a famine in the land. And Joseph, one of the sons, has become the second in charge of Egypt. He's like the um, uh, Pharaoh's right-hand man. And so he brings his whole family, which at this point is the nation of Israel. There's about 70 people, and they move to Egypt. And for the next 400 years, for four centuries, they are living in Egypt. And out of these 12 brothers arises a nation. After the 400 years, they had grown to in excess, and the promise that God had made to Abraham that I will make you into a father of many nations, nations had actually been fulfilled. They are uh, in numbers. When they're numbered, we see that the fighting men, which are the men 20 years and above that are numbered, are uh, somewhere around 600,000. And so as we look at the women and children and the, uh, uh, the, the rest of the people that are older as well, scholars estimate it's about 2 million people strong. So when they leave in the, the, the exodus and they're le- leaving the nation of, or, or the bondage of Egypt and they come out of that bondage, there are over 2 million people, yet they're still made up of 12 tribes. So this was very intentional on God's part to bring up this nation through these 12 tribes. And he brings them out of the bondage of Egypt and they are to go and they're going to claim the promised land, all that God had promised 
uh, to them and who he was going to make them into as a nation and the land that he was going to give them. And so as they were going to travel to the promised land, they were told uh, Moses was given very specific instructions about the law of God. So as we read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we have the record of this story of them becoming a nation. And, and so God gives them a particular set of instructions and laws that they are to follow. And as part of those instructions, he tells them you're going to build a, a tabernacle that has a tent of meeting. So it is this temporary thing that is to exist that is um, to house the ark of God. And so they're told uh, as God raises them up into a nation from these 12 tribes that each of these tribes were given specific instructions as to where they were to camp. So here is the tabernacle, and God tells them, out of the 12 tribes, I want three tribes to camp to the north. I want three tribes to camp to the east. I want three tribes to camp to the south, and I want three tribes to camp to the west. And, and there, were, there were specific um, instructions that, gave, uh, that God gave them that even when they went into battle, that Moses, this is how he, he kept all these people organized. The sound of the trumpets would blast, and then a certain, these three tribes would begin their process, and the, the tribe would move out, and they would have order, because they, they didn't have a land. They were moving. They were constantly on the move, and God was the one who was leading them out, and Moses was interacting with God, and the pillar of fire um, by night and the cloud by day would lead them, and so when God would set out and move, they were to break camp, and they were to move, and they would do it in an organized fashion, and so God wanted all of the tribes camped completely around the tabernacle. And so the tent of meeting was to be in the center of the camps, and they were instructed to camp around the ark, the fire of, of the Lord. And so God, would he descended down on the ark of the covenant. And the ark of the covenant, it, it was such a powerful thing that, 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 that the enemy nations feared them because God's presence was represented in this ark. And so even to this day, as we think about that and think, remember back, we have become the ark of the covenant. And that's why when Paul says, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God's presence exists in us. And so when we think in terms of this historically, that they were instructed to camp around the ark of the Lord, God wants us, the Lord wants us to camp close to him. Now, so this first takeaway, where we set up camp is critical. Second, the Lord wants us to camp close to him. And the third is the closer you camp to Christ, the greater chief you are to your tribe. So each one of us in our families, it doesn't matter like if, if you already have children or not, you're a part of a family. If you're alive, you're a part of a family. And, and, and may, maybe like you find yourself alone, you still have a spiritual family. And so the closer we camp to Christ, the greater chiefs we become for our tribes. We, we all again wanna do what is best for our families. If we're not intentional, with where we set up with camp, with this decision, we will unintentionally fail. Why? Because there are so many people trying to pull us, so many industries, so much, so much powerful influence out there trying to pull us in different directions to get us to set up camp in different places. And most of the way that they're catering, catering to us is to try to get us to set up camp in a place that caters to our flesh, our pleasure, 
the earthly experience, the things that don't matter a hundred years from now. So intentionally, what we have to do is we have to go, okay, if I'm going to be a great chief of my tribe, then I have to figure out how do I set up camp close to Christ? Because as the chief of my tribe, my number one responsibility is camping close to Jesus. It is the most important thing I do. Like it's the most important thing I do. The most important thing that I do for the five souls that reside in the Holbrook household is camp close to Christ. Because, it, so it's not take them to church. Now, that's part of it. If I'm camping close to Christ, I should be among God's people and have them in community with the Lord. But it is more than taking them to church. It is making sure that my life is camped out so close to the ark of God, the fire of the Lord, that my kids understand what it is to follow Jesus, not because I'm preaching at them, but just because they've got a great chief in their house. And so you are the chief of your tribe as a, par- as a parent. As a husband, you're the chief uh, of the tribe in your home. As a wife, you serve as a chief in your home to make sure that your tribe is always close to Christ. And we have to be intentional with this because there are so many voices trying to get us to camp out in places that will not take us any closer to the Lord. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. So again, we, we look at the Old Testament. The Old Testament is all about a foreshadowing of who we are as the people of God. There are so many parallels that Christ is all over the Old Testament. Christ was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he he responded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That was the great commandment. Well, if we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, this is what God told Moses. These commandments that I give you today are to be up where? Upon your hearts. And what are we to do with them? Impress them on your children. Like, we're going to impress them. We're going to push, we're going to make sure that we are pushing these commandments upon our children. The, the, the family that says, man, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to let my kid make up their own mind. That is just crazy. Like to believe in the word and to, to let your kid make up your own mind is a complete violation of what the word calls us to do. So we'd impress them on our children. How are we to do that? He tells us, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Okay? So he didn't say, take them to the church and farm this responsibility out to the pastors and the, and the kids' workers. Like, they're to compliment you, but you're the chief of your tribe. And so what are you to do? You're to talk about the Lord when you sit at home. You're to talk about the Lord when you walk along the road. When you're driving down the street, you ought to be having conversations about the Lord. When you lie down before you go to bed, when you get up in the morning and have breakfast, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so when you are going and coming, you always remember we belong to the Lord. That's what our tribe is about. And so as parents who are focused on our chief responsibility... This is, this is the most important thing that we do is we just constantly focus on the Lord. Now, we don't do it like, I, here's what I, I would hate for you to do. Don't go home and start being the preacher of your house, okay? Don't preach at everybody. Be the chief of your house. If you want your kids to learn how to play baseball, you want to get them interested in baseball. You don't want to force it upon them. 
You want to impress it upon them. You want to show them the fun of the game. You want to show them all the intricacies of it. You want to hang out with them. You want to play catch. And they start to like it and enjoy it. It's the same way with the Lord, man, is we just talk about the Lord. The Lord is such a, a central part of our lives that our kids are just watching. And they realize, man, my dad loves the Lord. My mom loves the Lord. Your wife ought to be saying, my husband loves the Lord. And your husband, the husband ought to be saying, my wife loves the Lord. They ought not be saying, my wife hates me. <laughs> okay? And, and they won't be if we learn how to love the Lord and talk about him and make him a central part of our lives without being weirdos. Just normal, blown away people who are camping close to Christ and are blown away by with what God is doing that we always have something to talk about with the Lord. Well, the problem is, is if you're going to talk about it when you lie down and when you get up and when you're um, sitting down to eat and when you're going down the road, you'd better have something to talk about, Right? Otherwise, you're going to run out really quick. But if you set up camp close to the Lord, and the Lord is always doing things in your life, guess what you're always going to have to, something to talk about? What the Lord is doing. And because the Lord is always moving in your life because you've set up your camp close enough to um, the Lord that you could feel the fire of the Lord burning in your life. And so I, I want to impress the things of the Lord on my family, and I want to impress them on my spiritual family. So what is my spiritual family? My spiritual family is anyone who is concerned with, anybody in my life who is concerned with the truth of God, listening to the voice of God, and applying and, and doing and following through with what God is asking them to do. So you guys are my spiritual family. So I want to be walking in such a way that as, even as I'm influenced you is that, that I, I have things to talk about about what the Lord is doing in my life. I want you to have things to talk about that you have uh, uh, to, that are going on with what the Lord is doing in your life because we feed one another and we encourage one another when we're able to keep each other encouraged by what God is doing on a consistent basis. Here's one thing that I, I am so proud of as a parent. My kids, they, they've got some athletic skill. Uh, Jonah's a pretty good athlete. Faith uh, is, is unbelievable. She's here this morning. She's an unbelievable little actress. Like, she enjoys that stuff um, and, and being involved in that. Caitlin, probably, like, natural, gifted athletic ability. She's probably, like, just got it in her. She's very aggressive, very strong. Um, she's got some athletic skill. Joel, you guys got to meet Joel if you haven't meet, met Joel yet. Like, he is an interesting dude. Um, he is talented. He's so talented that he will make you think he's not talented just to get you to do stuff for him. Okay? That's how, that's how Joel is wired. And then um, Zoe, uh, Zoe, she does her own thing. She's quiet, but she's like does her own thing. And, and so they're all unique, and I'm, I'm proud of all my kids. But the thing that I'm proud of most about my children is it is nothing for one of them to pray. Like, hey, Jonah, would you lead us? Okay. And they know how to talk to the Lord. And why do they know how to talk to the Lord? Because I've taught them how to talk to the Lord. And we're not saying some memorized prayer. We know how to talk to Jesus. And so whatever road and they go down in life, wherever they go, they have developed the ability to be able to talk and converse with the God of the universe and have a conversation with Jesus. And so that is what I'm most proud of as a parent is because I've been intentional of teaching them about talking to God, about serving in the church, 
about giving, about being faithful and obedient to what the Lord calls us to do, about surrendering to the power of the word when our attitudes get in the wrong place. We're going to bring in the word and say, man, what what does the Lord say to us? I want to keep that camp right there with the Lord in the center because my tribe experiences the warmth of the fire of the Lord because I've set my tribal camp up close to Christ. Yet the world is calling me to set it up here. You know what, Jimmy? If you don't get your kids in club soccer, they're not going to have a chance later when all the kids get better. Can I just say to you, I don't care about club soccer. A hundred years from now, my kids are not even going to be able to walk. But if I've done my job effectively, they will be speaking face to face with Christ. And it's not going to be a surprising conversation for them. And so the world will tell me, man, you you need to do this, Jimmy. You need to get over here. If you don't get over here, Jimmy, then your kids are not going to experience what they need to experience. Listen, you know what? I believe in the Lord, and I believe as long as my camp is set up close to Christ, my kids are going to get exactly what they need, and the rest of the world can just shut up, right? Like, I don't care what they're saying, because all they want from me is my money, right? That's all they want. They want me to buy a certain set of clothes. They want me to have them in a certain set of uh, of experience. That's all the, the world wants from us. And what I want is what's best for my kids. And the most important thing for me and the most important thing for any human being is the development of their souls. And so that's the only thing that matters. And everything else will work itself out. And this is exactly what the one we believe in meant when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of Christ and all these things shall be added unto you. And so this is what we're to seek out first. And so when family life orbits around Jesus, development takes place with the truth at the center. And so God expects our lives, here's our lives out here, is God expects our lives to be orbiting around Jesus at the center. This is why he said, put three tribes to the east, north, south, and west. That way everybody is around The Lord, they can all see the fire of the Lord. They all know where it's at. They all know what is at the center of their existence. And so when family life orbits around Jesus, development takes place with the truth at the center. The problem is, is we've become so inundated by stuff and busyness, the busyness of life, that we've put God in all of that busyness. And we've said, okay, God, here's baseball, here's soccer, Here's clubs, here's family um, events, here's birthday parties, and they're all out here. And Jesus, you just be out here, and here's our family in the center. And you orbit around everything else, Jesus. And if we can make it to church, Jesus will be there. But if we can't, because we've got to be over here, because this stuff is going on, we won't. Then, then what we've done is we've placed ourselves at the center, and we've just put God out there in the midst with everything else. And so the Lord says, no, 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 no. Put Jesus at the center and let everything else revolve, your family revolve around it, and things will work out the way they're supposed to. The the reason many kids depart faith late in adolescence is because they have not been taught to love Jesus with all their heart, all their mind, and all their soul. Frankly, when they get older, they have no idea who Jesus is because they've not... 
And so you may be sitting there and go, man, I don't even know if I know who Jesus is. I don't know if I know how to keep the Lord at the center. Yes, you do. All you have to do is make it a priority, and the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you and guide you as he has been doing for thousands of years. And so the Son, Jesus, does not revolve around our world as a family. Our world revolves around the Son. And this is what he has called us to do. And so if if you're not ordering your life that way, What's the call? Break camp. Like break camp and set up camp where you're supposed to be. Here's the big idea of today's talk. Set up camp close to Jesus so your tribe is always near the fire of the Lord. Like if you're doing that and, and you get, like sometimes, sometimes we get, I mean, we're up, sometimes we're down, sometimes. Always just say, man, do I have my family, have I set up camp close to the Lord? And if I've done that, then, then I've got my tribe right where they need to be. Our families are designed to pass faith on to the next generation. And you will do more for your family than you could ever imagine if you will just camp close to Jesus. And make that like the highest priority of your life. And so you might be here and you say, well, I don't have any kids. We'll camp close to Jesus. Okay? That way you enter into that, that experience and you know the most important thing about being a parent is camping close to Jesus. You, you might be here and you say, well, my kids are grown. Camp close to Christ. Listen, my, my dad didn't get serious and start camping close to Jesus until I was 16. And I'm going to tell you something. I noticed. Like it was a big deal when my dad made it a priority in our home. It started becoming something that I needed to look at as, as my dad was impressing upon my heart even after I was an adult um, and I saw him continue to make it a priority, he was speaking words of truth into my life without ever saying anything. You might say, I'm not married. For God's sakes, camp close to Jesus before you meet the one you marry. Because like, man, if you, if you, if you marry somebody who doesn't care anything about this, then you got problems already if you care about it and they don't. And so so camp close to the Lord so that the Lord can bring that one person into your life that you're supposed to share life with and God is gonna bring new souls into this world through that relationship. As followers of of Christ, um, we look at this and we go, man, Jimmy, I see this. I see you're talking about the 12 tribes of Israel, but I'm an American. Let me read to you. Revelation chapter 5, verses 1, or 5 through 10. And remember that the Lord said to them in Numbers, the Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it, each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family up high. And so each of them, like, like here, here is, you know, the tribe of Benjamin. And and so they would hold that up high, and they were proud to be a part of that tribe. And so what tribe do we belong to? Well, Revelation chapter 5, verses 5 through 10 teaches us, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing where? At the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. And the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. 
And he went out and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. What is that incense? Well, look at the next verse. It says, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Listen, you belong, if you know Jesus, you belong to the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so the call of God for us is to be tribal people, to to go tribal, to hold up high the banner of the lion of the tribe of Judah, to set up camp close to Christ and let the fire of the Lord burn deep in us and brighten us. Why? So that the world who's been inundated with all of these voices can look over at us, the church, the body of Christ, and see an alternative the fire of the Lord burning deep inside of us. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.